Your desire is the driving force of the show. It is the catalyst for all of the change. Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to Studying the Song. I am super excited about today's conversation because I think it's going to help so many singers. I want to talk to you about forgetting about the high notes and focusing on creating context for your song. We want to let go of obsessing about the belting, the singing high, the vocal gymnastics, the riffing, and the trying to impress with our voice and get into the story of the show and the character you are playing. When you walk into the audition room, what's going through your mind? Are you thinking about your lyrics and hoping you're memorized? Are you trying to connect with the accompanist and tell them all your directions about your cut? Are you worried your outfit isn't right? Are you wondering if that big note at the end is going to come out? Or are you ready to slay the song and show them how prepared you are because you know you've got that note at the end and you can't wait to show them all that vocal control that you've mastered? These are all possibilities. They're all reasonable things to be running through your mind. But what I want to posit today is that the only thing that really matters is whether or not you're telling the story. If you're wondering what is going to make you stand out in the audition room, that's it. It's telling the story. It's living in the character and going on that journey inside your song. I know there are many of you who have felt like you did everything right. You picked the right song. You nailed the high notes. You showed your personality. You were so chill with the accompanist. You conversed in a relaxed way with the creative team, but you still didn't get that call back. And it might just be because you're focusing more on the quality of your vocals than the journey of your character. My friend, it is not about the high notes and it's not even about your voice. It's about telling that story. The story comes first. The character's journey comes first. That is the reason you're on stage in a musical is to tell a story. And if you don't understand that story that you're telling and how your character fits into it, then your performance will always fall flat and you're not going to be the one that the creative team chooses to lead their musical. They're not going to want to put their creative work in your hands. So we need to remember that we are in service to the work. We're in service to the piece, to the, to the play itself and our own ego and our own validation is the last thing that our audition is about. It's the last thing that the creative team wants to be thinking about. They want to know who can carry this show, who will care for the piece and the story and the character and bring it to life with all the color and the nuance and the depth that can be plumbed from the script and the music. Who is that person? And if you want to be that person, 
then it's time to start worrying about the freaking high notes and do the work of creating context for your song. Okay. Creating context. You must do the work of understanding the journey that your character is on so you can give life to that character as they sing your song that you're doing for your audition. Okay. And what's cool about approaching it from this angle, rather than being overly worried about our voice is that it sort of lets you off the hook a little bit. Like even if your vocal isn't perfect, even if you like crack or you, you do something different in the moment than what you prepared for, if you're still living in that story and living in that character, then the performance is going to be exciting and thrilling and really great to watch. And it can be considered a great audition instead of thinking, I have to sing it perfectly because that's what they're listening for. They're listening to make sure you can sing and that you do have the technique in place, but they really want someone who can tell the story while they're singing. All right. So let's talk about how do we create context? Well, there's two basic things you can do. Step one, you need to know the story. And the way that you know the story is that you read the script. So for every song that you sing, you should be reading the script from beginning to end the entire show. Now, I understand it can be difficult to get your hands on scripts because they aren't published like books that you buy on Amazon. Um, some are, like I've found Next to Normal in a Barnes & Noble bookshop, and um, so I have that in like a nice published book form, but most scripts for musicals are not published that way. And, um, you know, you kind of acquire them if you've been in the show and there's this sort of like black market for scripts and they get passed around from people or they get made into PDFs and put up on scribed.com, S-C-R-I-B-D.com. I'll put it in the show notes and that, you know, people trade these things. Um, but if you can't get your hands on a script, then you have to do all the research you can about the story, read summaries, use Wikipedia um, if there's a film made of the show, watch the film. But I say that with the caveat that some movies can be really different from the original script, like Cabaret. It's like two different musicals. The stage musical has really important characters. <laughs> Obviously, that's the, the primary source material. And then the film eliminated those characters, um, Herr Schultz and, um, oh gosh, Frau Schneider. And it created two different characters and they were sort of like a younger kind of couple. So it, it was supposed to be like more attractive for film. Um, but it, it, you can't do the research just by watching that movie. You have to read the script. Um, same thing with Sound of Music. There are songs in the musical that are not in the film, like the Baroness and Max, the promoter, they have a song together. Um, I think the Baroness sings a song too the dad, um, the captain. So just make sure you do all the research you can. The film is not a replacement for reading the script. Um, also take advantage of the Broadway, mu Broadway musicals that are now being put on um, our streaming services like Disney Plus. You can watch all of Hamilton. You can watch all of Newsies. Um, Shrek used to be on Netflix. I watched Memphis on Netflix. I think both of those have been taken down by now though. So do whatever you can to get a complete picture of the show. Why do you need to read the whole script when you're just singing one song or maybe even just 16 bars of that song in an audition? Well, you need to know the story that your song exists within. We need to know what are the points of conflict for this show? What is 
the um, what is the character, the main character at the beginning want? What is the rising action? What is the conflict? What is the climax? What is the resolution? You need all those things because your song fits somewhere along that journey. Um, you need to know who you are. Are you the hero? Are you the villain? Are you the guide? Are you the best friend? And then what actions do you take during the story that's propelling it forward? Like what part do you have to play in creating the conflict or resolving the conflict? Those are all going to be things that um, inform your song and what you bring to it. Um, You also need to know when does your song happen in the show? Is it in the beginning, the middle, or the end? Is it at the climactic moment? Like those are going to inform what's happening. Um, You need to know who is in this scene where your song is happening. Are there other people that you're singing to? If so, do you need to reference them in your audition? Like, is it something where you're on a stage performing within the musical? Or is it just that you're with your gal pals? Like, I want to wash that man right out of my... Like, you, you're you hanging out with your girlfriends and you are relating to them. So you want to have that vibe in your audition. Um, it can also help you decide, like, do you need to change focus? Like, I'm looking at you know, there's 10 people in my song with me, or is there only one person that I'm connecting with? That's important. Or in total contrast, are you alone during that song? And now your focus is really inward or to the gods, right? Or to someone that has left the room. Those are all options. And you're not going to know these things unless you've read the script and you know what's happening in the play when your song happens. After you answer all these questions, the most important thing to zero in on is what we call the moment before. What happened in the moment right before your character sings the song? Because that moment is the launching point for the song emotionally. Sometimes people might call it the setup for the song. Um, And if possible, know what happened and know what specific dialogue precedes the beginning of the song. Are you the one saying the dialogue? Are you listening? Is this a fight between two people or is this a flirtatious moment? All of that is going to come into play. So let me give you an example. I was just doing a coaching this last week with an actor who was singing, Can You Find It In Your Heart from Footloose. So this song is sung by Ariel's mom, who is a preacher's wife. It's in act two, about three quarters of the way through the show. There's a lot of conflict that has happened. The dad, who is the preacher has, you know, told everybody that they shouldn't be dancing to this music, blah, blah, blah. He's like pulling on the, pulling on his daughter's reins even more, like reining her in and grounding her. And, you know, it's an upset, right? And the moment before this song, the dad has gotten so frustrated and angry with the daughter that he raises his hand to strike her, to hit her. And the mom cries out, stop. And it's this huge moment of this family realizing just how far they've they've gotten, just how um, at odds with each other that they are. And it's a huge turning point in the play because right the dialogue right before this, I don't have it exactly in front of me, but he says, he softens and he says, I don't know what to do anymore. And the wife says, but you do. And she sings this song to him to, to ask him, can you find it in your heart to forgive her? right? That's part of it. And then she also brings up and reminds him of how he was when he was younger, all of this sort of being a, you know, a plea for him to change his mind, to be softer, to be more understanding and be more empathetic. And if you don't know 
Like imagine not knowing this moment before. Imagine just singing the song as someone trying to get another person to forgive someone that you both love. I mean, that's a nice, it's a, it's kind of a specific situation. There's not a lot of songs where you're like, Hey, let's forgive this person, right? Let me help you. But it's still vague. Like once we know the context, it's in way more urgent when you know that right beforehand, the dad who is a preacher was about to hit his own daughter. And then when you know that it's a wife who on the one hand is appealing to her husband and has to be supportive because she's a preacher's wife and this is a very conservative community, but she's also the mama bear protecting her daughter. And how does that play into it? So she has like conflicting things happening within herself. So it adds so much more to the specificity you can create for your song when you know the whole show and you know that the wife has been supporting the husband for, you know, the whole show, even though he's gotten increasingly like agitated and crazed about, you know, preventing these kids and condemning their actions. She hasn't been protesting him at every turn. She's gone along with it. So she's sort of, um, com- complicit was <laughs> what's the word guys. She's sort of a partner in this. Um, but here is where she really makes the attempt. She sees this as the opportunity to try to get him to change his mind and not only to forgive the daughter for disobeying him, but again, like I said, remind him that he used to be impulsive when he was younger. So all of this information is needed so that you can give a performance of the song that's going to elevate it to that next level of storytelling that's going to make like a huge impression on the creative team. It's not just about coming in and singing it in a beautiful way and like starting conversational and then getting legato and then having a crescendo and using your beautiful legit on that D. Like those are all things you should be doing, but that doesn't move me as a listener. Yeah, it doesn't move my heart and get me invested in your story and on your side. And that's what you need when you're putting people on stage to lead a musical. Okay. So step one for creating context is to know the story. And you do that by reading the entire script and piecing together all these clues. The second step for creating context is character analysis. Okay. You've read your script and now you're going to look at the details about your specific character. What kind of person are you? What are your character traits? As I just said with the preacher's wife, I mean, she's in a conservative community. She's supposed to be supporting her husband. Preacher's wives were often, you know, quiet and, you know, very feminine and just supposed to be leading the other women of the church and supporting the men, like all of those things. And yet here she is having to stand up to her husband. So that's something. Um, Maybe like, let's look at Seymour in, um, another random example, Seymour in little shop of horrors. He's like a kid who's sort of a klutz and he can't do anything right. And no one takes him seriously. And he's sort of pitiful in how like, you know, terrible he is at everything. He can't stand up for himself, but he's really sweet and he's honest and he's heartfelt. All of that needs to come into play when you're singing Seymour's song. And then think about what is the journey that Seymour goes on or what is, how does he change? How does your character change? Because every character changes. The leads of the show usually have the biggest change because they're the main roles, but the supporting roles and the ensemble are also going through this story. And everybody has 
a part to play in moving the story forward. And everybody has a point of view about the conflict. So see if you can figure those things out if you're doing, if you're going for a supporting role or ensemble. If you're Seymour and you know you're starting the show with this set of character traits, you can kind of predict by the end that, you know, he will stand up for himself and he will be taken seriously. And his heartfelt, honest self will be recognized and validated, right? And so that's the change that he's going on. Now it's happening in this sort of grotesque horror story where people are being eaten by a plant, but that is his character journey. So where does your song come along that journey? It's, there's sort of a spectrum, right? See more at the beginning, see more at the end, and then everything that happens in between. And where does your song come along that spectrum? At what point of the change of his character are you singing? Yeah. Here's another example. Um, Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. In the beginning, he is self-involved. He's a narcissist, right? He's a brute, but he's still considered like the popular charming guy that's beloved by the community. Um, he's sort of like pulled the wool over everybody's eyes in that regard, but not Belle. Uh, but by the end, he he leads the charge, right? The, the mob to kill Beast. He's obsessed with protecting his ego because Belle has turned him down. Um, he's vicious, he's dangerous, and he has become the beast. He is a monster by the end of it. So if you're singing his song um, titled Me, you're at the beginning of his journey. You're still the charming, self-involved narcissist. If you're singing the mob song towards the end, then you are in the monstrous, villainous end of his character journey. And you've got to know that entire arc because those things are going to inform each other. So as you're figuring out your character, how they change from beginning to end, one of the things that is making the change happen is that the character wants something. So what you have to identify is in the context of the whole play, what does your character want? What are they trying to achieve? What is their goal? And then take it down to the context of your song. What do you want just within this one song? So let's do the, the larger context of the play. Your desire is the driving force of the show. It is the catalyst for all of the change. So if you are Dorothy, you are dreaming of going somewhere magical and getting away from your boring life where everybody thinks that you're just in the way. And the fact that that is her desire at the beginning the, the, the journey that you're about to go on, she is thrust into a terrifying journey to save an entire kingdom, but she makes friends that help her feel so important and needed along the way and who she realizes she wants to make them feel important and needed. Yeah. So she becomes the star of her own little journey and it's all resting on her her completing her task, right, of killing the Wicked Witch and bringing the, the broom back to, what's his name, the wizard. So Dorothy wants to have a more exciting life where she matters and she's not just in the way. Okay, she gets that. Gaston wants to marry Belle. That's what he wants at the beginning of the show. And how that is his driving force of change. He pursues her to the point of rage and obsession. And then he becomes the, the leader of the mob and all of that, 
not the mob, like the mafia, but you know, the mob with the pitchforks, um, Seymour, what does Seymour want for, for the show? He wants to be taken seriously. He wants to be seen as special. Yeah. He wants to belong. And what does he do? He raises a man eating plant that gives him all those things. He becomes um, popular, seen as special. People take him seriously. They want to be around him, right? The shop, the flower shop is having great success. And so he becomes like star employee and Mushnik wants to adopt him as his son. He gets all of this sense of belonging because at the beginning, his want is so clear. God, I want to be seen as special. God, I want to be taken seriously. He wants it so much that he is able to feed people, to lure people in to be eaten by Audrey too, right? To be eaten by this plant. He's willing to kill to get what he wants. So when you're singing Seymour song, songs, excuse me, like you've got to know that your character is about to go to like one of the greatest extremes you can go to, to get what you want. You're murdering people. Okay. I love that show and I see it as so light and fun, but it is kind of dark when you talk about it like this. Okay. Now in the course of your specific song, what do you want? Where along your journey does the song take place? Is it at the very beginning where you're still just establishing what you want and dreaming about it. So it's like over the rainbow. I'm still in my place of innocence. I haven't received this. I'm not struggling to get it yet because I'm just painting the picture of what it is. Um, or maybe you're along the journey and conflict has happened. You've been betrayed by somebody and now you want to make them all pay. And that could be like defying gravity. Yeah. Maybe you've met the love of your life and you want them to say yes to going on a date with you. Um, I don't have a specific song example for that, but you know, what is the specific thing you want to happen over the course of this song? The more specific you can be about what you want, the better, because then you can create all the little acting beats and the tactics that you're going to do to achieve the goal. So you're gonna attach each tactic or action to each phrase of the song that you're singing so that you're not just singing now, but you are in the story trying to achieve your goal. You just have to be happen to be singing a melody with rhythms and words and an orchestra backing you up. So let's look at Alphaba in Wicked as an example of like how we can look at the script and the story. And also we can look at, at the character traits um, and how that is going to work together in a song. I mean, I've given you a few examples already, but I find this one really interesting. So Alphaba, we get the setup. If you read the whole script, you know, she doesn't know who her father is. She is the daughter of an affair. So her dad that raises her, who's not her real, you know, birth dad, is always going to look at her like she's not really his. She is a sign of his wife betraying him and cheating on him. Um, she's going to be seen as other, not in the family, all of these things, right? She's also green, uh, which, you know, she's different in a very outwardly obvious way. And so she's not only shunned by her own father, but she's also ostracized by the community. So she feels abandoned and fearful and alone and unloved. And like, she's not enough, right? She's just not enough to get her father to love her. She's probably also angry. 
She's resentful. She's bitter. And she has gone through all of this her whole life. And she's probably just kind of used to it all. It's just sort of like the ongoing buzz of resentfulness and anger that lives in her. Um, as she is still just a young girl going through life, but this is sort of the bedrock of her personality. Um, she also has a sister and her sister gets all the attention and love from dad. She gets all of the positive energy. She gets all of the, you know, people wanting what's good for her. Right. And you can bet that Alphaba is jealous of her sister and she probably feels guilty for being jealous because she does love her sister. They have a good relationship with each other, but she is also the symbol of what Alphaba will never have, right? Oh gosh, that has got to be a huge conflict. Another bedrock of her personality is this being at odds with her, her own feelings about her family, right? So then both Alphaba and her sister, they arrive at Shiz University. And what happens? Dad gives the sister a parting gift, these beautiful silver shoes. And the new professor that they're, that they're seeing, Madame Morrible, she takes an interest in the sister and brings the sister under her wing. And Alphaba, again, is shunned and left out and jealous and bitter and resentful and then guilty because it's her sister and she wants what's best for her. And then as they're separating, right, Morrible's trying to take the sister to whatever she's taking her to. And um, Alphaba performs this magical feat that like brings the sister back to her. And it impresses Madame Morrible. She sees power in Alphaba all of a sudden. And we don't know what her motivations are, but she starts giving favor and attention to Alphaba and takes her under her wing. And Morrible starts telling Alphaba, oh, your powers might, you know, if you keep honing them. And if you do what I say and follow my instruction one day, you might be allowed to work with the wonderful wizard of Oz. And it's at that point that we get the song, When I Meet the Wizard. Everything that I just talked about is the backstory that you find out from the script and listening to the, the, you know, the opening music of the show where we get some of that story. And it's now driving the emotion of this song. Could you imagine just singing When I Meet the Wizard because you like the melody and you think you can sing the notes really well and you like the energy of the piano part? It's cool, right? It's that like, this little like pulsing piano thing. When I meet the wizard, you're like, oh, I can see. It just feels good. The song feels good. But now when you've done the context work, the contextual work, you see that this is the first time Alphaba is seeing an opportunity to find recognition, to find love and admiration and acceptance. And not just despite her differences, like she overcomes all of her differences and gets those things, but because of them, that's actually what's going to make her even more special and accepted is because she is this way. It's like for the first time in her life, she's just enough. That's what she's thinking. That's what Morrible's telling her. Like you could be working with the most revered, respected, venerated person in the entire country. You, my friend, are on that trajectory. And so she's singing this song and she's hopeful for the first time in her life, maybe. 
She's willing to see a positive future for herself that things might really turn out well for her. And this is what's scary. It means she's allowing to herself to be vulnerable because she is actually saying, I hope for this. And when you say, I hope for this, you might have your heart broken. When you say, I want this, you might not get what you want and you're going to be devastated. And when you say, I'm going after this and you don't get it, people are going to say you're a failure. So she's actually entering into a very vulnerable place to be singing this song with so much joy and with so much optimism. So that is that all running through your head when you're singing this song, if you have sung this song before? Because that is, that's the list. That's the stuff that's going to elevate your song to that next level of storytelling that is just going to make you shine and pop. When your priority is being Elphaba and being on this journey and just showing the beauty of this moment of a girl who's been ostracized, finally feeling, feeling like she might be accepted, when that's the aim of your song and not showing the amazing high notes at the end of this song, gosh, your performance is going to start moving people. Your performance is going to start getting you those callbacks and getting you landing those lead roles. Okay. Another part of this, reading the whole script, knowing all of the songs that your character sings, or at least maybe you can't sing them all yet, but you know what they are. It may, you understand how tragic it is later in the show because her hopes are dashed and her dream is broken. She's betrayed by Madame Morrible, by Glenda. Nobody understands her. Everybody turns on her. They all fear her. She does not get the acceptance and the validation and the, the understanding from other people that she is enough just as she is. So you have to know the whole show to see how this song fits in What is the relationship between this song and her other songs? This is the one with the innocence and the pure and the I want and the optimism. You as the actor, you need to be aware of that, right? Additionally, I want to just touch on talking about those tactics and actions that I mentioned. This song being in this place of the positivity and the vulnerable, the actions and tactics, like what does she want, right? She wants to be accepted. She wants to meet the wizard. Okay. The actions that you can play are so amazing for this kind of a song. She's going to dream. She's hoping. She's celebrating. She's reveling. She's taking hold of. She's owning it. She's strutting. She's claiming. She's bragging. She's rejoicing, right? These are all of the actions you can play. You can attach each of these ideas to a phrase in your song And now you're going to have specific things that are supporting the story of Alphaba going after what she wants. So that's what I mean. Knowing the specific context of what you want for that song to the point where you can create little tactics. I want to be enough. Well, here I'm dreaming it. And here I'm hoping to meet the wizard. And here I'm celebrating that I have met him and now I'm reveling in the the acceptance from everybody around me. You see, that's what brings life to your performance. That's what makes your character come alive. And that's what makes you stand out from everybody in that audition room. So the next time you start getting tripped up on 
whether or not you're going to have that D for the audition or, you know, am I picking the exact right song? Like, these are all things we want to be working on and that we want to have in place. But the more important question to ask yourself is, have you done the work to create the context for your song? Have you read the script? Do you know what happens in the moment before? Do you know who is in the scene with you and what your focus is? What does your character want in the song? Yeah. Where are you on the spectrum of change that your character is going through? All of that tied together is going to yield you the kind of performance that you want. It's going to make you the kind of performer that you're wanting to be. And what happens is we think we can get there just by singing. We think we can get there by being a technician with our voice We think that all of that will come across if we sing it strong enough and loud enough with enough ring and the vibrato coming in at the right moment. And those are things that they do make it thrilling when that happens with the context work that you've done. It is thrilling. And that's why we go to Broadway because the people that are doing that, they're at that level, right? And it is so amazing to watch and to be taken on on a journey but the singing part of it is not enough by itself. All right, so that is it for today. Here are the takeaways. Number one, it is not about the high notes. It's not even about your voice. It's about you telling a story. Number two, know the story and at what point in the action, conflict, or climax your song takes place. Number three, identify the moment before and use its specificity as the launching point for your song. Number four, You must know what your character wants in the larger context of the whole show, as well as the specific context of your song. Number five, how does your character change over the course of the show? And at what point on this spectrum does your song happen? Number six, once you know what you want in your song, create specific tactics to achieve that goal and attach them to each phrase that you sing. Think of these as active verbs like celebrate, claim, or rejoice. All right. Thank you for listening today. I hope that you found this episode helpful. I hope this discussion is something that can be a positive change in your practice and something that will help uplift your performance. If you think somebody else could benefit from this, if you know somebody that um, can use this, send them the you know a screenshot of the show or share it on Instagram and tag me. I will tag you back. Um, I just want to get the word out to people so that we can all be doing this work together and supporting each other. That's really about this, what this is. It's like creating a community where we can support each other in discovering our own artistry. Um, one other thing that you can do is leave a review on Apple podcasts. If once you're, you have the app open, just scroll to the bottom of my podcast page and you can click the stars to leave a rating or scroll all the way to the bottom and it says, write a review, click that. And you can do it right within the app. Um, only takes a few seconds. I wish only the best for you. I hope that you are doing the work and that you are, you know, resurrecting your artistic spirit after this very long, hard year. If you would like to work with me, just visit my website, koryyamaoka.com. You'll find information there. Or you can send me a message on Instagram at studying the song or at koryyamaoka. And I'm always available to chat there. All right. Be blessed. Be well. Until next time on studying the song. Mm-hmm.